first and foremost, I must inform you that this interview is being recorded. Information that you give us is confidential, strictly for internal purposes, and will be used to further our investigation. I hope that it was made clear to you that you are not under arrest, and you may leave at any time. I don't want this to be a formal affair. Do you need anything to drink? Can we get some coffee in here? Some waters? The reason we asked you here is we are hoping you can help us identify someone. Do you recognize the man in any of these photos? Before we approached you at the bar tonight, you were seen visiting with someone who we believe is the same man as he frequents that bar. Our facial recognition software matches his face with these photos. Damn it. S sorry about that. Um, I have a 10-year-old boy at home who has been very big into pranking lately. His latest being that he likes to set my ringtone to the music from children's shows. Any, anyway, um... <clears throat> I had better state, for the record, that that was my personal cell phone. I don't leave my work phone around where my children can get to it. Anyway, where were we? Um, facial recognition. Our, our technology is able to confirm with up to a 99.7% accuracy that these are all the same man, especially once we factor in additional information such as height, bodily features, and facts from old case files. Thank you. Perhaps I should back up. Here's where we are having issues. All of these photos were taken several years apart. They date all the way back to the late 1800s and were found in various unsolved cases, each involving a string of murders and disappearances. One theory is that this may be a family affair. We may be looking at some rite of passage where each generation takes up the mantle and continues a legacy of killings and kidnappings that would explain the lack of aging from photo to photo, but it doesn't explain the accuracy with which the faces match. Another theory is it's some extraordinary form of makeup. Perhaps a long-standing cult taking on the identity of a single man. Whatever the case may be, we have already tried multiple times to follow him, or bring him in for questioning, but somehow he manages to evade us repeatedly. We've questioned everyone he speaks to at the bar. Each of them reported conversations consisting mostly of small talk and swapping stories. Nobody knows who he is. His DNA doesn't match any of our records. He carries a fake ID. The man is a ghost. This is a time-sensitive case. Several 
of the people he's spoken to have inexplicably gone missing already. It can't be a coincidence, but we need probable cause. We need evidence. We need anything at this point. You are the only one who appears to have an actual relationship with this man. We can provide you with anything you need. Money, witness protection for you and your family. Hypothetically, if you were involved, we could provide you immunity. Hell, you want a handwritten thank you letter from the president? You got it. Whatever you want. We just need you to help us nail this guy and whatever freaky cult he may be a part of. So what's going to be? Will you help us? section room with blood and bits all over the floor ready to be cleaned. Fresh new bodies in the drawers. Personal effects in the trash ready to be incinerated. Another fine night at the old mysterious facility. I'm in a particularly good mood tonight as if you couldn't tell. I think I'm still floating after achieving my highest score ever on the dartboard the other night. (laughs) Truth be told, it just feels good to have someone to hang out with. I appreciate that you took the time out of your evening off. Truly. I suppose one doesn't realize what a lonely life they lead until they finally make a friend, eh? I feel like I've been a loner so long that I'd forgotten what it's like to just hang out with someone, you know? Bah! (laughs) I apologize. I'll stop gushing. I was curious about something, however. As I was leaving, I noticed you talking to a fellow by the door. Well, I don't mean to pry, it's only that he he looked a bit familiar to me. It's none of my business, I suppose. Maybe I've seen him at the bar before, I don't know. But no matter, it's just that, well, I do hope you're being careful about who you talk to when you're out and about. I suppose what has me a little on edge is how the man looked, the suit and everything. I tend to be wary of appearances. We can't be entirely sure that our job is... On the up and up, you understand? Don't need any alphabet boys prying into your business, you know. (laughs) I apologize again. I'm sure you're careful. Let's get to cleaning, shall we? I've already filled the buckets there with water. Water, water, water. 
He didn't ask you to go anywhere with him, did he? I mean, I only asked because I've been approached before and asked to go help the authorities to solve a case and such. They have a tendency to ask people who frequent bars, since bar patrons are often the ones who see certain people around and may know their whereabouts. It's just that once they get you into the interrogation room over some seemingly innocent questions, why, they could ask you about anything at all. You know, I apologize again. The mind races with imagination. I know you're careful. Forget I said anything, all right? Let's just keep working. You know, thinking of interrogations reminded me of a story I heard. I sincerely hope I don't bore you with my stories night after night. It's just that once I think of them, I have such a need to share them with someone. <laughs> uh, would you care to hear this? Very well. This particular interaction took place between an alleged Baptist pastor and a murder suspect. doesn't seem legal. It's a gray area. So where are we going? How did you lose those two fingers? silent treatment. I know. What is your denomination? Southern Baptist. You don't usually hear about Southern Baptist pastors doing things that fall into the gray area. Aren't they usually pretty black and white? Right and wrong. At least tell me where we're going. 
The Second Baptist Church. The basement of it, anyway. There's not much left in the church building itself. Did the police often let you drive off with wanted men? Only special cases. What's so special about this? <sighs> Three dead college students. All of them male. Top of their classes. Their bodies left around campus with their faces bludgeoned and their tongues cut out. And what does this have to do with me? You did it. <laughs> you can't prove that. I won't have to. So the cops just let you drive off with people alone. No security, no interrogation. Shouldn't I at least have a lawyer with me? You're not under arrest. Then take these cuffs off of me. I will. Just as soon as we reach the church. You're going to save me, Pastor. Deliver me from condemnation. Quite the opposite. What then? You're going to confess your crimes and accept your sentence. <laughs> your plan is to get me to confess to crimes I didn't commit. What are you going to do? Torture me in the basement of this church? No. You're going to torture me. Hold still. Okay, you're a free man, Matthew. Sorry about the bump on your head. No, oh, no. <coughs> You're not. <coughs> A bit foolish of you to uncuff the man you just kidnapped, Pastor. Did you think I would go easy on you just because you're a holy man? I knew what you would do. Then it was damn foolish. I relieved you of your knife. By the way, for a man who thinks he can predict my every move, this hasn't gone well for you. So, enlighten me. What am I going to do now, Prophet? You're going to try and break me down. You're going to hit me a couple of times to reinforce dominance over me. 
Then you're going to ask how I'm able to predict your actions with such accuracy. Huh. Okay, then. (coughs) So, how are you able to predict my actions with such accuracy? Because I understand you. So what, you are a psychologist too? We have an antisocial personality disorder. We both think and act in much the same way. We have a need for control. We lack empathy for others. (laughs) A pastor with ASPD. That's a new one. You'd be surprised. All right then, Mr. Omniscient. What am I going to do next? Right now, you're realizing that if you and I are truly alike, then violence won't be enough to break me. You're going to have to challenge my intellect instead. Hmm. And even offer me some brandy. Why would I offer you brandy? Because we are moving into a more sophisticated stage in our interaction. Because you will have some degree of control over when and how I will drink it. And because it's all we have down here. I left a bottle in the cupboard. The Baptist pastor drinking hard alcohol. Better hope your congregation never hears of it. (sighs) All right, Pastor. Here comes the airplane. (coughs) Slow down there, partner. Are you some kind of alcoholic? Just preparing myself for what's to come. Right. Because you said I'm going to torture you. But a moment ago you said I'd come to the realization that violence was pointless. Your motivations will change, and you will beat me out of pure, passionate anger. You say I have a need for control. So, by saying I will torture you, You're hoping that I will do the opposite, just to prove you wrong, thereby maintaining control over you, like simple reverse psychology. I'm bound to this chair, Matthew. My hands pinned behind me. You are in control, regardless of what I say. What you choose to do is entirely up to you. So you think I did things to those boys? You don't need evidence, you just feel it in your bones, because we have the same disorder. It's ironic to me that it is labeled as a disorder. I've found that men like us are some of the most orderly types in society. We don't fit into society or its order, not unless we choose to. 
You call yourself a Baptist pastor, and yet you've kidnapped me, taken me to an abandoned building, and greedily downed an entire glass of brandy like an AA dropout. So why then? Why did you become a pastor? I didn't bring you here without doing some digging first, Matthew. You've played many roles, none of which were obtained through the normal procedures. You've been an engineer, a lawyer, a professor. I even found that you once performed surgery on a man. All for your own benefit, with no regard given to the people around you. Savabam, what's the benefit for you? Same as you. I do it for the thrill, to feel something. It's my turn to make a prediction. And that is? You said I was going to make a full confession to turn myself in. I did. Which means you're going to have to break me down. Somehow, you plan on manipulating me until I crack. You are correct. I don't like being manipulated, Pastor. My father was a manipulator. I know. Drink some more brandy. <coughs> there won't be a confession, Pastor. Because I didn't do anything to those boys. You, on the other hand, for binding my hands. For dragging me down here. For trying to get inside my head. It's time for another prediction, Pastor. But I think you're a lying sack of shit. So first, first we'll have to make sure you're not wearing a wire. is with all the scars. Are you some sort of pervert? Is this some kind of masochistic shit? No. <coughs> I don't enjoy the beatings. <laughs> then what the fuck is wrong with you? It's all about control, Matthew. You murdered those boys. It was so easy for you to get inside their heads. <coughs> To get them back to your home, you probably treated them to a nice dinner before you bludgeoned them and cut out their tongues. Manipulation. It's the same way I was able to get you out here. Normal people are putty in our hands. You manipulate and lie just as your father did, but it's not enough. So you torture and kill, and kill again, and again, trying so desperately to feel something. The impulsiveness, the thrill of risking it all. That's what this is about, Matthew. Those people are nothing to get inside their heads. 
That's meaningless. But if you could find others like you, to gain control over the uncontrollable, to be the master of your own kind, it's the only way I can feel anything anymore, Matthew. And I'm offering it to you. At risk of my own life, it's the ultimate risk and the ultimate thrill. So you think I want to risk my life and get this shit kicked out of me just to find some other people with ASPD and get inside their heads? This is the path I've chosen. The dark art of getting signed confessions out of people like me. <laughs> the police eat from the palm of my hand. It saves them from the interviews, the paperwork, the endless trials, the tax dollars. They're willing to look the other way because I get results. But you can do anything you want. Criminal psychological interviews, insanity cases, therapy. All you need to do is sign a confession that you murdered those boys. Plead insanity. Be on your best behavior. Show them you're reformed. Convince them that you can get into the minds of others like you because you know how they think. Offer them a service they can't refuse. It's high risk, high reward. Soon they'll be sending you out on cases to find others like you. Society becomes the better for it. But we don't give two shits about society. We do it for the thrill. You can't throw this away just to go back to the small pond, Matthew. You're feeling more in this moment than you have in a long time. You need this. You make a very compelling argument, Pastor. But you talk too much. I think it's time I cut your tongue out. say this is one of the more frightful stories I've told, merely because were I to have my tongue cut out, I couldn't tell you any more stories. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. <laughs> I do think about that often, though, morbid as I am. It's just that I know our employers are none too keen on snitches. I've often wondered at the lengths they'll go to keep their employees in check. What if I were to let slip some bit of confidential information, being as talkative as I am, and they were to relieve me of my tongue, just like the man in the story? 
He gads. If anyone out there is listening, I assure you, I always mind my tongue. Ugh, I should probably just shut up now. If you would be so kind as to wash out the buckets and take this trash to the incinerator, I will head out across the yard to begin cleaning out the big ugly cell. Just come on over once you're finished. Manipulation was written by me, Brian Bridges. I was also the voice of Matthew and the Night Cleaner. The music in this episode was also created by me. Follow me on Twitter, at ManlyBrian. The pastor was voiced by Daniel White. Follow him on Twitter, at ButcherWhite. Dan can also be heard on the Little Realms podcast. Follow that show on Twitter, at PodRealms. And also check out their content at www.littlerealms.com. The agent at the beginning of the episode was voiced by Tim Demuse. Follow him on Twitter, at IdaGrabYourGun. So ends our first season of The Night Cleaner's Tales. We're going to be switching over and working on a few episodes of a new audio drama that takes place in the Fillmore's Crossing universe. For the uninitiated, Fillmore's Crossing was our first TTRPG actual play arc that we did on the LCP DND podcast. It was essentially Dungeons and Dragons in a fantasy Wild West setting, and so this will continue the story in the format of a few audio drama episodes. So if you want to check that out, keep an eye out for it on the LCP DND podcast. In the meantime, during its run, I will be working on getting new episodes ready to launch for season two of The Night Cleaner's Tales. I'll be releasing updates of information about that as we go. Eventually, I'll even try and lock down a launch date for Season 2 so you can all know when to expect new episodes. And, if I have time, I may even put out some special release episodes between now and then, but we'll see. But if you've enjoyed Season 1 and you would like to support the show, the best thing you can do is recommend us. Tell people who might be interested, share us on social media, review us on your favorite podcatcher, and just let people know that we exist and that you think we're worth a listen. The Night Cleaner loves sharing his stories, and he just needs some people who are willing to listen. Anyway, for those of you who have listened, I greatly appreciate it. I guess that's all for this shift, so we'll see you all again for Season 2 of The Night Cleaner's Tales. Thank you.